This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey there, this is Kelly McDonald, co-host of Kelly and Company on AMI-audio. On our show, we talk about the events and happenings that are relevant to the blind and partially sighted community across Canada. With the help of our regional contributors, we'll keep you up to date on what's happening in your community so you don't miss out. So give Kelly and Company a try and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show where blind people talk tech. Have your say. Call us, text us, or send a WhatsApp to 844-971-1999. That's 844-971-1999. Tweet us at Double Tap Canada and find us on Facebook. Just search for Double Tap Canada. Now here's your favorite double tappers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott. Yes, we're back again. Uh, I don't quite know how this happened, but we've managed to get on air again live. Clearly, someone is not watching the uh, <laughs> the way things are done the already. Uh, I've got Sean Priest with me, as always. He's back as well. Managed to drag him up. Hello. Hello, Stephen Scott. I, I, that's the first time I've listened to that intro properly, and are we the favourite double tappers, apparently? Uh, well, <laughs> well, that's what it says. I'm not entirely sure if that's that? true or not. I, I don't know. I don't know. Someone else. Uh, maybe it was that lovely lady. Maybe she's decided it. Yes. Thank you, lovely lady. <laughs> uh, Mark Aflalo's back with us again. Hi. Hello, Mark. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm good. Okay. I have to say, a bit stressed. A bit stressed uh, because, you Moves. know, the show's starting and I've realised nothing's working. Um, so let me tell you a story. Last week, after the show, I decided I was going to do a bit of rewiring in my home studio. It's never a good idea. It really is not no. a good idea. Uh, can I strongly uh, advise against all rewiring in the future on every level? Uh, because it's just nothing but hassle, quite frankly. Uh, so I, I unplugged on my mixing desk and I set it all up and I was all happy with it. And then, uh, you know, I started using it and everything was fine. And then today I uh, decided to try something. I got one of those. Uh, I think you've got one as well, Mark. It's one of these clocks. It's like an LED clock. And... Um, my intention was to use this as a sort of timer, right, for the for the show and for, for different things that I do and all the rest. So I decided I'll get one of those. And um, I noticed that it actually has a USB connection. So I'm able to connect it to a USB port. At least that's what I thought. Well, it's powered off USB, right? Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is powered <laughs> off USB. Um, but I think I might have put it in the wrong port. Because what? when I plugged it in... Everything else stopped working. Oh, and it's been it's a, a virus clock, clock so. obviously. <laughs> it's the virus you killed clock, your computer. Yeah. Clock virus um, nineteen. No, it'd be twenty now, wouldn't it? Um, anyway, yeah. So basically, uh, I'm sitting here in a studio where there's just wires everywhere. It's just chaos, uh, and then I was just about saying, "Oh, cables. This is good because I've got some great voicemails I want to play in here." Uh, today on the show, I want to play those in. Obviously, we want to take your calls as well. We'll get, get to the phone number and the email address in a minute. Uh, but, you know, I'm like, well, it's great voicemails. I'll play them in from here. There's obviously a way that I can get audio to air. Um, this must be really simple. And then, you know, just about two minutes to go, I had to say to Mark, hey, Mark, does well, you can play these from your end, can you? Because I can't. I've broken everything. So basically, I'm padding for time till Mark tells me he's oh, good. Oh, I'm good. Go. I'm good. I'm good. I figured that out. get the show going. Yeah, no, I figured it out. Oh, you, you're so smart, aren't He's you? a professional. 
brain and I got there's one. Eyes. I can't promise I'm going to play things in the proper order, but uh, we'll, we can give it a try when you're ready. Oh, this is going to be great fun then. So we've just got random voicemails we fire, and I love it. That's live radio for you. Uh, so listen, if you want to get involved today, you can. Uh, we've got lots to talk about, of course. Apple's big event uh, took place this week. And, um, well, well, we'll get into that a bit later. I want to get into the discussion on it, what we think and what we might be buying. Because I said last week, well, you know, what will I be buying as a result of the Apple event? I think you're going to be surprised at the answer. I think you might be surprised at the answer. Uh, tell us your thoughts. Maybe you were following the event this week. Maybe you've heard other shows here on AMI-audio talking about it. And uh, you've been uh, thinking about maybe getting yourself a new Apple Watch or a new iPad. What are you intrigued by? What are you not intrigued by? Um, are you against Apple and everything they stand for? Let us know. Uh, 844-971-1999 is our number. You can text that number as well. Uh, and you can email us, feedback at doubletap.online. Get in touch with us there. 844 uh, 971 uh, if you call us, if you're listening on the podcast and you call in, you can leave us a voicemail. Now, that's exactly what Kenny did. He sent us an email in. And this is actually following up on last week's conversation we had about our first mobile phones. Let's see what Kenny had to say about his first mobile. Hi, this is Kenny calling. I uh, just want to let you guys, my very first mobile phone was Fisher Price, the red handle one <laughs> with the wheels and the eyes that move up and down. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, is my very first was the flip phone of Samsung, the one that you had to push uh, number probably two or three times just to get the right letter for texting. Anyway, thank you. Have a good day. Hi, this is Kenny. Hey, thanks, Kenny. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that was Kenny, and uh, at least we think that's what Kenny said. I do apologize, Kenny, if that's not your name, but that's what I'm getting <laughs> I'm from sure. that. Pretty sure he's saying James there, but James or Kenny, that brought back such a memory for me of that little child's toy phone. I remember that so well. Was that the one with the yeah. face on it, the eyes and the the, the yeah? yeah that was a, and you would roll it on oh, the ground and it would make a noise. Yeah, that's the one. Those were the days, oh. weren't they? Um, it, it was a T9 keyboard, they called that, wasn't it, when you actually had the numbers where you had to sort of press, maybe if you wanted the letter C, you'd have to press the number two three times. Um, that's right. And weirdly, if you wanted the number two, you'd press it four times. Figure that one out. Uh, but yeah, that was that was bizarre. I was saying this last week, one of my, my first mobile, the one I had, didn't do texting. So it didn't actually have the ABC or the DEF on the numbers. Uh, it was just a uh, just one two three four uh, up to zero because <laughs> that's how it works, bizarrely. I don't believe. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, but uh, yeah. So you know, tell us your thoughts on your first mobiles. I do love to hear about that. Um, we also got uh, some comments in this week uh, following my uh, AirPods disaster last week. Uh, Tiffany uh, got in touch with us. I was listening to the story about what happened with uh, Stephen's AirPods falling into the dog's water bowl. And it reminded me of something that happened to me, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago when I got my first phone, right? It was a tiny phone, one of those flip phones that doesn't even have the volume control. Very, very basic. And something like that happened to me, except it, when it fell in my pocket, it landed straight into the toilet. Only had it and had it for about three years mm. before that happened, but that pretty much destroyed it. So some people have all the luck. It's just some people have all the... All the bad luck or the stories that you would think of, that never happens to everybody, or to anybody, sorry. Well, for some of us it does, so sorry about your AirPods, Stephen. Good luck with that. 
Well, you know, this Good week, uh, thank you, Tiffany. Um, yeah, the, the AirPods disaster, thankfully, has, uh, you know, well, I say it's been resolved. It hasn't been. I've just found my AirPods Pro. I still haven't found the other. I, can't, I don't know where they are. I have no idea. I've, I've even had people with eyes, working eyes, in the house Oof. to try and find it. Doesn't work. Well, the eyes are you work, sure they're the, not in the, the dock? Have, have you? you know, <laughs> well, have you? Because you, you can't ask your iPhone to find your AirPods, can't you? And if the dog starts beeping, we've got exactly. a problem. Exactly. That's right. Beeping dog, you know where it is. <laughs> I'll probably be saying beeping dog quite a lot if that's the case. Uh, yeah, that, um, that is, is a concern, actually, because I know roughly where they fell. So, and I know that's and that is where the dog sleeps. So there's a good chance the dog's eating them, which is obviously marvelous. But you know, I do have my AirPods Pro, which I'm very excited about because one thing that came out ahead of the uh, announcements on iOS 14 uh, coming out, and also the new uh, Apple Watch and and Apple iPads and and everything else, was that uh, they're announcing the firmware update for AirPods Pro for the special sound feature. You hear about that one, Sean? I did, yeah, and you were very excited by this, but then you're excited by the Bose AR frames. I'm not entirely sure what I think about this one. Mm. Oh, well, oh, I'm sorry, uh, well, you asked. Thanks. Well, I know, well, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll do that. Well, clearly not do that again. What are, you, what are you expecting from this? Why are you so excited by this feature? Um, well, so, right, it's sound, right? And then what they do is they make it special. So it's good, it's better, it's bigger. It gives you all, almost surround sound in your head. What's not to like? Well, I mean, it's pretty good right now, the stereo effect, anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. This is... What, what, what do you mean, what am I talking about? You watch a, a, a movie, right, using your AirPods Pro, the Pro thing. I don't mm. know, I haven't got Pro, but I'm assuming it sounds really good anyway, because if I'm just using normal stereo headphones anyway, sounds amazing. So what are you expecting this extra uh, dimension from uh, spatial audio to give you? Sean, have you ever been to a movie? Yes, I've been to a movie, <laughs> yes. but You know what surround sound is, right? Yes, yes, and having... Uh, multiple, let's say, 7.1 massive speaker cabinets in a cinema makes a huge difference in having these little tiny speakers in your ears, which but I'm it, not it, convinced. But it actually. emulates that experience, so you can yes. be watching a movie that is in surround sound, and you will get that feeling, so you will feel more immersed in what you're listening to. Oh, thank you. I, I like feeling more immersed. D- but do you? Is that emulation the same? I don't believe it is. It's very it's like good. when you get... It's, yeah. it's very You haven't tried it yet. Yeah, I mean, you haven't no, tried no, it. The thing uh, is that's... that when, when you do try it, this is the thing, when mm. you try it, you're going to yeah. love it. I'm sure I will. I'm, yes, okay. If you're watching a movie, what else is there? Is it music? There's lots of music that's mastered in, in Dolby Surround and, and taking advantage oh, of the spatial audio. music? Nobody. I mean, come on. We're all adults here. No one likes music. It's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, clearly, one... clearly he's often one that makes no sense as usual. Uh, let's get back to Tiffany, though, because she has another point to make. Uh, this is about the Orbit Writer, which I'm very ex- I am excited about this. Let's hear what she has to say. Finally got that Orbit Writer, and I've got to say, it's great. I can actually type really fast on this thing with the Braille keyboard. And then above your spacebar between your dots one and four, you almost have... It kind of reminds me of if you've ever seen the scroll wheel on a Bruno Apex. It's that shape, but instead of a wheel, what it is is you have four arrow keys, up, down, left, right, and the inner button in the middle. And I can actually control my phone mostly with this thing. I was sitting outside one night, and I had 
disconnected to my phone in one of those Plantronics Bluetooth headsets, connected to my phone with it in my pocket, and I was actually typing in some comments on my tech group, checking emails and all kinds of stuff without having to actually take the phone out of my pocket. So I just wanted to share. Well, I'm glad you did, Tiffany, because I have been really interested to learn about the Orbit Writer. It's available now uh, from AT Guys in the States. It's $99. And uh, it's, it's basically a standard Perkins-style keyboard, but the idea is this is built for um, people who want to use uh, a Braille keyboard with their iPhone, but they don't perhaps want a display. So, you know, happy to get the audio feedback and just the audio feedback. Uh, you don't necessarily need the Braille display, and that's allowed them to get this price down. Now, Mark, for you, it's quite interesting because you'll probably think, $99 for a keyboard? Are you kidding? <laughs> um, but, it, you know, it is so uh, actually unbelievably cheap because Braille displays can cost into the thousands of dollars, and that's where you have the same keyboard, but you've also got that Braille display, so arguably you're your equivalent of a monitor, I guess, you know, to see the, the lines of text uh, coming up. But, you know, you're talking thousands of dollars here. But, Sean, I mean, you know, I know that you're kind of, you're not really into Braille that much. I'm getting there even more so. I'm getting more immersed into it. I love my immersion. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, well you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, thank you. Um, but, you know, I, I'm really, you know, pleased that this is coming out. And, you know, one thing I'm doing over the next couple of weeks is getting into grade two. One of the things I've talked a lot about this, getting uh, further into Braille. I, I've kind of fairly, I think, reasonably mastered uh, grade one. I think it's time to move on to grade two. And I think this is a great product that will help me because it, it will, you know, allow me to type. I, I think I'm probably at the stage where, it's, you know, I talked a lot about the Mantis Q40 and I love having that Braille display and, you know, the QWERTY keyboard. But I think if you're doing Braille, if you're learning Braille especially, and then you're moving on to use Braille, you really do need to have the reading and writing nailed, don't you? Oh, see, now now you've changed your mind. You were all into the Mantis Q40, the QWERTY oh, keyboard yeah. and the Braille display is the future. But now, no, no, now you're saying that Braille input is the way to go. Come on now, make up your mind. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying if you want, the, the point is it's about choice, right? But I think... We've had this conversation uh, when, when I talked about the Mantis Q40, a real mixture of opinions. Some people saying they love the QWERTY input. Uh, you know, most people are probably more proficient at touch typing, especially those who come to Braille later in life. They've probably come from a QWERTY keyboard most of their life. So, you know, like me, I'm better at touch typing. I'm much quicker at touch typing than I am with Braille and the, the Braille keyboard. Um, however, you need to understand when you're learning how the the structure of the cells work so that you can understand the language. I don't think it would be possible, Tell you know, someone tell me otherwise, I don't think it would be possible. They yeah, they will. Um, you know, in order to learn this properly just with the QWERTY keyboard. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you could just yeah. use QWERTY and then live with the Braille output. I don't think that would work. No, and I think it does come down to your level of proficiency. I mean, it's early in the morning for Braille. Um, uh, yeah, you're totally it's late right. at night. I, I know. I, oh, yeah, sorry. This time at night. It's, 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 <laughs> I'm confused. But um, no, I, I, I get it. Look, any entryway into Braille is a good thing. And the price point of the Orbit Braille writer is amazing at that. It does make it 
affordable. I mean, it's still, you know, a considered purchase, even at that price, I would say. But, you know, it does give so many more people access. When, when we're talking about thousands of dollars, that's out of reach for so many people. So I know yeah, lots of yeah. people are excited by this. We've got the Braille um, screen input, obviously, on Android phones as well now, um, which a lot of people do like. But there's nothing like that physical keyboard, that physical Bluetooth keyboard in, in some cases. But with this one, now people have got this choice for Braille. It's amazing. Yeah, I think you're right, though. We'll get people calling in or we'll have people uh, emailing in saying, well, you know, don't forget Braille screen input now available on Android. And, of course, it's getting better, you know, with the multi-touch capabilities yep. that are coming with gestures to uh, Android 11 in particular. Uh, and, of course, it's been there already with iOS. So, you know, there is an argument to say you don't need to spend $99 on this. But if you want that physical keyboard, which personally I do... You know, I've got the iPhone SE and I have fat fingers. It's not a good mix, if I'm honest. So, you know, being able to type. Actually, on something like the iPhone 11 Pro, it's actually not so bad because it's all screen, right? So when you're typing, it's not so bad. But um, but with the iPhone SE, it's a bit too small for that, at least with my fat fingers anyway. How about yours, Sean? How about your fat fingers? <laughs> oh, my fat fingers are absolutely fine. Thank you. Um, no, you're right. There's something you, you can't get away from how much faster you are with a physical keyboard, though, can you? you yeah, know? exactly. There's no. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, 844-971-1999 is our number. You can call that number. You can uh, get us uh, here. You can come on the show, tell, tell, uh, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're going to be discussing Apple next. Are you buying any new products this year? Um, we've seen a new Apple Watch, two new Apple Watches, actually, and a couple of new iPads. But uh, are we interested? And we'll get into some accessibility bugs in iOS 14. Boo! That's coming up on Double Tap Canada. Miss something on today's show? Listen anytime with the AMI app or ask your smart speaker to play Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada will be right back. This is Double Tap Canada. It's a tech show. Honest. <laughs> yes, we do have to put that into the terms and conditions uh, here. <laughs> Double Tap Canada. Hello, uh, this is Double Tap Canada. I'm Stephen Scott. He's Sean Priest, and he is Marco Flalo. Hello, say hello. 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 Do you have to say it like that? Do you have to do it like that? I like the yoo-hoo. Okay. That's, that's your choice. <laughs> I'm scared, Stephen. I'm scared. I'm scared uh, to yeah, say something that might upset somebody. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been getting in trouble for that, haven't you? Um, what was it you said last week that annoyed someone? Uh, or yeah, it was when Hugo was on, wasn't it? Hugo. Was, I don't. Uh, I don't recall making California. fun of his misfortune. Um, I think he made fun I, of his own. I misfortune. think he did. I don't. I don't recall. I mean, I, I know I made fun of, of you guys, but I mean, well, hang on. Just follow the leader here. It sounds like a good idea that we bring it up again uh, this week. Why, why? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's do we that. should leave Let's it alone. 844 is our number. You can call that number. You can uh, email feedback at doubletap.online. If you want to text us as well, you can text that number toll-free, 844-971-1999. I'm saying these words, Mark. Does that make sense? Am I saying the right words here? Yeah, you're saying it. You're, you're reading exactly what's in front of you. That's good. Yeah, you're that's looking, very unusual. Yeah, I know, I know, but it's it's okay. You're doing a good job. Okay. Not bad. Thank you. Thank not you. bad. If you text um, us, we'll see it right away, you... so we'll, we'll talk about it probably, as long as you're not making fun of me, of course. that That's... that's well, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that would take attention away from me, so that's clearly not going to happen. Uh, right, so let's talk. 
<laughs> this is Ego Central. How are you getting on here, Sean? Um, okay, let's get into Apple then, shall oh. we? Uh, because, oh, I know, a uh, big event happened. Uh, so Sean and I get together uh, with a couple of friends, and um, we, we decided to sit down and watch this event. Uh, Mark, uh, it was so funny because Mark and I had to go on to a meeting <laughs> as the event started. Who came up with Planning. that idea? Mark. I know. And, no, and listen, and we were we were completely transparent about it. No, like I mean, we I got onto the meeting saying, just so you're completely aware and full disclosure, Stephen and I are only half paying attention to what's going on here. We're not listening to you. Yes. <laughs> well, and then I I actually described, with... I yeah. gave some some audio description of the Apple event during the conference call to Stephen. I said in case you missed, there was a there was a lull, so in case you missed it, Stephen, this was just announced and this was just announced and <laughs> it was quite funny. I did love funny. the way that every so often Mark would just say, Apple Watch Series 6 launched. And, uh, yeah, back to the meeting. Uh, but, yeah, it was absolutely um, a great event, actually. Uh, and, of course, Apple do this so well. And I've got to say, big, big plaudits to Apple. Uh, funnily enough, when we were uh, listening to it, Sean, we didn't listen to the audio-described version. I don't know why. Uh, but there was an audio-described version. Yeah, it was actually broadcast, uh, or streamed, if you like, uh, with audio description, and uh, really? we missed that. Yeah, yeah, we did well, that for the very first time. Well, you know why we missed that, Stephen? How, how do you get it? Well, um, it's an interesting one. So I was listening to it via the uh, web browser on the Mac, and what you have to do is in your settings, you've got to turn on audio descriptions. Now, it's a new MacBook. So I haven't turned that setting on, haven't I? So <clears throat> for that reason, it wasn't there. So apologies, but uh, it was there. It wasn't Apple's fault. It was my fault, which is yes, well, obvious. That goes without saying. Of course it was your yeah. fault. But that, that actually is big news. And I'll say this. This is, is probably the best thing about the event. It should have had audio description. Now it's not live. I mean, there's no reason they can't do it live as well. But there's even less when it's pre-recorded. So, yeah, fantastic. Do you guys think they'll yeah, go back was, to live, live events when they can? I don't. Mm. Um, yeah, I think they probably will. I think once this is all over with, I think they will. But um, there is no doubt that Apple, because I think for Apple, they can do this. They they are brilliant at live, and they are brilliant at the pre-record stuff. It just looks brilliant, and it is so well produced. Uh, but I think other companies are terrified of the live. Um, I mean, I've watched a, a couple of the Microsoft events. I've watched some other events, and you know, it's buffering, and there's issues here, and someone's not on stage. And then what was that one? The Samsung one? That was terrible. Um, so, well, you know, all recent, that stuff. We had the recent Microsoft, um, what was it, the Ability one? Uh, the ability AbilityNet. Yeah. No, yeah, not AbilityNet. Uh, so, yeah, no, this was the Ability Summit out of the yes, UK. Yes, yes. And That's it. The I summit, think, was that yeah. out of the UK? Uh, yeah, and, and it lasted for, what, 15 minutes before it fell apart? Oh, wow. But, just, yeah, but then they exactly. hosted it on Teams. So what did you expect when half the world Oof. was trying to tune in? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean uh, Apple do. I mean they live off the um, audience reaction as well. You know, there's so mm -hmm. many uh, when they make an announcement, the big cheers that they get. That that does add that extra atmosphere and that extra impact. So I think they will like to go back to live. You should just do what everyone else is doing. Just make uh, you know make up the audience. Just add it in. You know, laugh it's, track. you know what they're doing. You know what they're doing in football and in hockey now is they're they're using um, a game engine to actually um, feed in the sounds and loop it and randomize it so that it seems real. And it actually it sounds quite quite realistic. Yeah, I mean, you, you still get the swearing. And... <laughs> well, the, it, it, honestly, <laughs> the reason they're pumping in the extra sound is, is mostly to hide that stuff. 
is to hide mm-hmm. what the players are saying on the ice. They don't want people to hear, you know, the swearing and the and the, all the tactic and stuff that's going on. But the, it's it's quite brilliant that they went to the gaming side to uh, find a solution for it, and it's it's quite brilliant. So let's talk side. about the products. <clears throat> yes, let's talk about products because there were a few products launched. The Apple Watch Series Six uh, was launched. Um, the main feature that everybody's talking about is uh, really health and uh, this new feature of blood oxygen monitoring, which has come out of this. Um, this this sounds like something that Donald Trump would come out with as, as an idea to get you know better health. You know, we'll just what was it he said once? Uh, we'll just put light through the skin. Um, which is essentially what this is, right? It's pointing light at the skin um, in order to monitor blood oxygen levels uh, because what you don't want to do is obviously be, as we said last week, constantly stabbed in the arm uh, in order to do this. <laughs> That's not good. That's against... I'm no. against that. Yeah, we're against that. Uh, <laughs> no cruelty to Yeah, humans. we're all against that here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is apparently brilliant. Uh, I've read that the Fitbit also has this, but it's nowhere near as good, uh, and this can Does do it pretty much all the time it can do background readings day and night whereas the fitbit i think tends to do it when you're sleeping um so that's quite interesting so yeah uh, this this is uh, apparently understanding how your body is absorbing oxygen and of course the, this is going to be really important with coronavirus because with coronavirus that's one of the one of the symbols or signs or symptoms i guess of the disease so um yeah this is this is interesting but i must admit it's really the only feature I can think of of all, I mean, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot really talked about with the Apple Watch CD6, unless I'm missing something huge, tell me if I'm wrong. But, you know, I, I wasn't seeing anything that would make me want to jump out and buy one. But then again, what were we expecting from, uh, you know, the next generation of Apple Watch? We knew it wasn't going to be a redesign, so it looks pretty much exactly the same as all the other generations. So, of course, it was just going to be some sort of health sensor. We were kind of hoping, as we've done for every generation, there was going to be some sort of glucose monitoring sensor, but the technology just doesn't seem to be there yet. So, but Stabbing people in the were arm. excited. Well, yes, apart from the stabbing, <laughs> but we are against that. Let's make that clear again. But the, we are um, against the, that. <laughs> the blood oxygen monitoring, as you said, and they did mention it in the intro of the event, that, that for um, you know COVID reasons, you, you can check if your lungs and your heart are functioning at a proper or normal capacity. It, it is mm. a big deal, but you know, as for does it sell it to consumers? I'm not convinced. You know, my, you know, guys, there is. A lot of people that didn't hop on the the Series Five bandwagon, so I think people who are hovering with Series Three or Series Four, it's a logical next step if they want to get the Series Six because you get these benefits. The the reason that I'm going ahead and actually buying it is because in my family we hand me down my devices, so my son will get my my Apple Watch. Normally it's a gimmick; he just gets to play with it because schools don't normally allow it. But this new family sharing feature that I'm, oh, we're going to yes. talk about in a second, actually is a good selling point for me because I would love to be able to implant a, a tracking device into my children, to be perfectly honest, you know, <laughs> if that if that ever existed. And, I, and if you have small kids, I'm sure you feel the same way. <laughs> we um, are still against stabbing, let me make that clear. Yeah, well, if there was a better way to do it without trackers. them knowing about it, I'd like to track my children. <laughs> and, and most of the GPS solutions out there are either bulky or, or you know, they serve no other function and, and not really useful. The, the ability to now not only give my son my old watch and I get the new one, that's benefit number one, but to be able to limit 
you know, things like during school hours to be able to pair it with my phone because he doesn't have a phone yet um, is a great feature. And being able to use some of those, you know, you know, no notifications when he gets somewhere or leaves somewhere um, is a, yes. a, a great thing, in my opinion. And I think that, you know, again, that's on the software side of things. It works with, you know, Apple Watch Series, uh, I think it's Series 4 and above, as long as it has GPS and cellular. And I think it's a, it's a great selling point, as is the fact that they released the uh, the Apple Watch SE, which uh, we're going to get into now. Yeah, I mean, I want to come back to that family setup because I think there's something really important to talk about there. But you know, let, let's talk about the watches first. So Series 6 is out. And just to sort of give you a sense of what the differences are between Series 6 and then, of course, SE, which is maybe seen as the intro level, although I would argue the Series 3 is your intro level to Apple Watch. And it's still a good watch to get. I mean, it's coming in a 38 and 42 millimeter. Uh, the other two, SE and 6, are 44 and 40 um, I mean, at that size, I mean, I thought it would make a big difference going from the 42 centimetre to the 44 no. inches, didn't? No. Who'd have thought it? No. But I did it. We I don't thought care it, about and that. It, it we didn't. care about the price. <clears throat> yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We want to know how much it's going to cost. Um, yeah. But, you know, there are a couple of things to note. So, you know, and this is important because I, I do see myself and I do see this show as a public service, guys. So here I am with my public service really? information for you. Are you ready? Yeah, I know. Who'd believe that, eh? Um, but yeah, the, the Series 3, the entry level, only comes in GPS model. Now, what that means is that you can't, you can connect it to your phone, but your phone is doing all the, the heavy lifting in, in regards to the calls, the texts. It will pass through the notifications. If you want to make a call, you can do that on your Apple Watch Series 3, but you're not going to be able to do it independently of the phone. Um, you still get the um, the high and the low heart rates notifications, which is good. You still get the irregular heart rhythm notifications as well, which is good to know on the Series 3. And it's water resistant, so you can drop it, Tiffany, you can drop it down the toilet and it should last. As long as your toilet is not 50 metres deep, you should be fine. <laughs> uh, as for the other two, though, the SE and the Series 6, they're a little bit harder to tell apart, same size. Uh, both retina display, in fact, all three of them are retina display, but the difference with the Series 6 is it's always on. If you use screen curtain, there's a really weird feature. Now, if you don't know what screen cutting is, this is where you can actually turn the screen off. Uh, and essentially, if you're using voiceover, you don't need to see the screen. And in my case, the light on the the, fo- the, the watch is just so bright, it's hard to to, to, uh, to have. And so I turn battery. it off. But, and it saves battery as well. But here's the thing. With the always-on retina display that I've got in my Series 5, and you'll now get in the Series 6, when you've got screen curtain on, yes, when you point the watch at you, when you lift your wrist... The screen is is blank, but as soon as you put it down by your side, it's still on. That makes no sense at all. So it's always on when I'm not looking at it, and when I'm looking at is it, that, it's off. Is that a bug or a feature? Depends how you look at it, I guess. <laughs> Other people can read all your messages, notifications, and tell the time. You can't, uh, or you can, but uh, through voiceover, weird. Uh, but yes, uh, also available with GPS. Or GPS and cellular, which means you can connect it to your phone, obviously. Um, but you don't necessarily need a phone. We'll talk a bit about that later with family setup. Of course, Series 6 has got the blood oxygen app, ECG. Uh, the SE doesn't have those. But you still get all those high-end uh, and, and low-end heart rate notifications, the irregular heart on both. And both support the uh, family setup. But, and this is important to know, you need to have the cellular model in order to use the family setup. And that makes sense because, obviously, it's going to be standalone. 
so it has to have its own connection. And I'm assuming, Mark, that's going to cost a few quid or a few dollars uh, per month to have that because you're going to need its it's going to need its own SIM card. So yeah, it's mostly around it's five to ten dollars a month depending on who your carrier is. Okay, it's not a huge amount. Okay, and yes, you can drop them down the toilet as well uh, because they are water resistant to fifty meters. It's not advisable you do that. I should point that out, but uh, it is a choice. So uh, yes. Uh, so series six uh, is uh, when, when's it out, Mark? Because you were saying it's out, but tomorrow, uh, this week. Yeah, t- tomorrow. I mean, uh, in in the UK and overseas, uh, it's out now today, basically. Um, but for those listening to the show, it'll be out tomorrow morning. I spoke to the Apple Store uh, earlier this afternoon. They said if you want to check in the morning, the reservation system for in-store pickup will be available. It's not yet available because they don't know what the stock is going to be, but it will be available as of normally around 8 in the morning they update the stock. Or if you want, you can order online and you'll get that. The delay right now, depending on the model, is is slipping into mid to late October. Oh, right. Come okay. on. Who, who's uh, that desperate of... for it? Me. Mark. Really? Yeah. Well, it's it's. I think it's more of an addiction than anything else. It's. Uh, I I, need, exactly. I want to have it. You're a nerd. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am absolutely a nerd. But I, I, you know, I use it for good. I use my my problems. I use it for, I your, use it for you good. Use your. Apple I bring watch it for good. What does that even mean? I bring it to this show, and I talk about the features, <laughs> and I review the product. I couldn't do that uh, if I didn't have access to the product, right? It's not like Apple is sending it to me before it's released. No. Clearly, I'm not you, that been, important. You've been uh, you've been uh, clearly married for a while. You've got all the excuses ready, haven't you? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. Of course you don't. Uh, but let's talk about the price. Series three starts at two five nine, which is a good price to get. Now, bear in mind, I did say starting from, but you don't you only get it in the GPS uh, model. So, all uh, oh, you're really going to be what you're going to be increasing their size, I guess. Is really going to be your only other option. Uh, SE starts at three six nine, and Series Six starts at five two nine. Again, starts from those prices. Uh, for guys, more likely probably wanting the larger f- uh, watch face. Um, I mean, some women might want the larger face as well, I guess. But you know, there is the, the yeah. smaller option. Um, Sexist. But yeah, basically, those are your, your prices. You didn't mention the colours. Who cares? Oh, yes, I don't care about this, but yeah, okay, Mark, tell us about colors. We've got a new blue color and a new red color that are actually quite quite nice, I think. This is this is where I'd love to be in the boardroom when they're saying, okay, we've got an event coming up. We're not launching the iPhone because it's not ready yet. We need we need something else to talk about here, guys. Uh, what can we do? Uh, new color, guys? Oh, that's a great idea. Let's come up with a new color. Love it. What will they, what will they like? Blue and red? Brilliant! <laughs> so, I'm sure it's that's when they fly of the wall. About, <laughs> when they start talking about straps for me, it's when I tune out. It's like, oh. I honestly could not care less. Uh, well, yeah, because there's just two new straps, aren't there? There's a solo band. Am yeah. I saying that? Solo band? Solo and band with no buckle. Loop. Yeah. Yeah. So well, how does that work? Is it elastic? Or? It's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of springy. It's the silicone ones, just kind of it, it's a little bit of elasticity to it. Um, the funny thing is, they have this measuring tool on their website where you print out this PDF and you have to print it out in a hundred percent. Then you cut it out and you can wrap it around your wrist and figure out what size you need. And uh, I was watching um, someone who was reviewing it online, and uh, she had ordered hers and she was about to try on some of the the, the, the review models. And she's like, "Oh, they sent me small sizes, but we'll we'll see." I'm going to get mine in the mail anyway. And she, of course, tries on the ones that were sent to her, and, and they all fit beautifully. And she's like, I ordered it six sizes too big. So, uh, 
So definitely, um, you know, try to get into an Apple store if there's anyone uh, open and you have the kahunas to actually step into well, a retail but... store these days to try it on. Hang on, hang yeah. on. Doesn't the solo band negate all that? Because basically one size fits all? Isn't that how that No, works? no, it's not one size fits all. No. There's about nine different sizes. Oh, well, what's yeah. the point? Uh, just to have a band that you don't have to unbuckle. Oh, and here's yeah. the problem. Arms in the it's, air. You know, <laughs> that, that, uh, that issue is not, the, the issue is that that, way of measuring isn't accessible there's no way to make that accessible so uh, it's a bit of a challenge if someone's uh, blind at home wants to buy an Apple watch you know you're going to have to go into the store to do that which is not ideal um, I'm surprised that Apple come up with that one since they're so good at everything else with accessibility I'm surprised they didn't think of it couldn't option, do it with AR you know, or something? something well that would make sense wouldn't it uh, <laughs> point your phone just... at your wrist and just you know if it well, starts laughing do. at you you know they you do have the measure die. app right you can use measure app, measure yeah. it <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm not boy. doing that. No, no, talked no. about the Amazon Halo. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to be doing that. That's for sure. Standing in front of a camera, being laughed at by my phone. <laughs> um, I have a wife for that. Uh, hey. Now let's talk about iPads. <laughs> you can tell she's not here. Um, let's talk about iPads because uh, they launched two iPads, and um, I'm not particularly excited about either of them. But you know, maybe you guys are. Uh, this is the new iPad. I call it the education iPad. It's not really that, but. but they call it that because there is an education pricing option on it. But um, it's your basic iPad, which is still very powerful. It's got some nice features to it. Uh, still has the Touch ID, still very much the original style of the iPad. Um, comes in various colors, various sizes. You get it with Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi and cellular as well, should you want to. Um, I love the fact they're still offer engraving. Do people still do that? Do they do. Still yeah, get... I've seen people do it. Do they really? How do you sell it Why? then? I mean, obviously, you don't. You don't. That's the gift, thing. Is like, right. yeah. Starts at four two nine, so this is definitely your entry level. But it's it, in no way is it slouching, Mark. Is it? I mean, it's a good piece. No, of it's kit. A, it's pretty good. I mean, it goes up to one hundred and twenty eight gigs, which is good if you want to get it for the kids. I mean, they're definitely marketing this at the education because you know schools can come in and buy this in bulk, and have a have a great solution. You know, only compatible with the original Apple Pencil. Um, but you know, you, you, it's oh, a really? good. Ba- it is a good bang for your buck. You know, it's it's got that. That A12 Bionic chip, um, you know, it's got everything you'd want in an iPad, to be perfectly honest, if you don't care about the form factor. And and some people still buy it because they love that home button. Yeah, they do. Yeah, well, I think it's great. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the home button, uh, mainly on the phone, though. I mean, I know I've talked about this before. I've talked about I love my iPhone SE because it doesn't have uh, Face ID. It's got the Touch ID instead, which I love. Um, but on an iPad... My iPad generally, I've got an iPad 11 Pro here, and it sits on its little keyboard stand. And the Face ID works beautifully because the iPad is always looking at my face, yeah. my beautiful face. Um, although half the time it doesn't have a clue, it's me. Or it says, camera covered, which is very annoying. That means my hand is clearly somewhere it shouldn't be. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the Face ID on, on the iPad, so I'm not so sure if I'm bothered about the... That I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the new iPad in a moment. The, the A12 Bionic chip's interesting though, because what was that in the iPhone XS? I think that was the chip in there. Yeah, it was. So yeah, again, yeah. powerful chip, really powerful chip, and it'll you know do the gig if you want to edit 4K video. Oh no! Play graphics, wait, wait. Get intensive games, and no, experience no, no, the Yes, Sean. No, stop. You two sound what? so. You're scrabbling around for reasons why this is good. You, you don't sound impressed by this at all. This is just a bog-standard iPad with, you know, the spec bump. This got the exact same design as the previous ones. 
this is just the entry level iPad. There really isn't that much I, more to say. About listen, it, I don't it? honestly, Sean. I don't. I don't know why this model and this this form factor still exists. I mean, I understand yeah, I mean, they're going to make a cheaper one for. Yeah, but I mean. You throw all the same innards into the new design, save yourself having to yeah, have two product, you know, assembly lines, and, and you're yeah. laughing. Like, that. I don't get that. And when we start talking about the, the, the new, you know, iPad Air, this is where I go, I go even crazier because I just don't understand how they release a product that is inferior in so many ways, but, 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 but better because it has a better chip. It's so confusing. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a strange one because this is the um, mid level, you might say, iPad. The iPad Air starts at seven seven nine. Bit of a jump in price there. Uh, the difference being this time that they've kind of taken the style of the iPad Pro and they've brought that design, that full screen design, to the iPad Air. But what they've done is uh, they don't have Face ID in this. Weird. Instead, they've put Touch ID in it. And the Touch ID is in the power button, which, if you're holding the iPad in portrait mode, is in the top right. It's a kind of rectangular button, and uh, you just put your finger on that, and you're in. Um, strange to add it that way. You'd think they would just put Face ID in it, really. 10.9-inch um, liquid retina display um, featuring its true tone, which is does make a huge difference if you've got certain uh, eye conditions. That really can help. Touch ID, it's uh, got a 12-megapixel camera, back camera, and a 7-megapixel FaceTime HD camera. Awful. Yeah, I know, isn't it? Uh, support for Apple Pencil 2, uh, if you're keeping uh, track of your Apple Pencil, uh, which I still think is a rip-off. And uh, you can get keyboards for it, of course, and it does work with the trackpad as well. You can use a, a trackpad or you can get the keyboards cases. Not uh, not an Apple one, though. They're pointing at Logitech for some reason. Yeah, Logitech came out with a new version of their Folio keyboard that supports it. It's really it's almost the same. Um, minus the fact that it has the proper cutout for the for the sensor on the uh, the touch ID on the on the uh, sleep wake button, and it's a little is that bit, Bluetooth though? Um, Not through the smart. No, connector. it works for the smart connector. It's all through the smart. Oh, connector. does it? Yeah, it does. So it's powered oh, and everything through good. the smart connector. It's quite it's quite a good alternative, especially price wise, to Apple's own uh, smart keyboard folio there. Yeah, and USB C okay. of course. Yes, and well, USB C. Right, yes. So I mean, I guess. The question is, I saw a few people asking this question, why would you buy an iPad Pro if this is available? Well, what do you think? I mean, I can give you a couple things. Go on. Go if, on. You, if you'd like me to uh, actually throw them in there. Um, yeah, portrait mode, if you're into the whole camera stuff, it's not available on the uh, new iPad Air. Um, it's got... <laughs> the processor thing bothers me because... It's a better processor on the iPad Air than, or a newer processor than the iPad, uh, the iPad Pro. But I think that's going to change shortly. Uh, more memory, if you're looking and you're using this for work, you have much more, uh, many more options in terms of storage capacity on the iPad Air. It only goes up to 256 gigs, whereas you can go to a terabyte on the iPad Pro. You've got that third camera. You've got that ultra wide 10 megapixel camera, whereas you don't have that on the Air. Um, and, and that's kind of where the similarities end. So it's really, and the price, I mean, the price jump is pretty big. When you look at the entry point of the iPad Pro, it's still on the Wi-Fi, uh, 1049. So you're still looking at about, you know, almost 325 bucks more expensive. Mm. So, I mean, it really depends what you're using the device for, in my humble opinion. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, we're going to talk more about this because we've still got to talk about the software. We've got some other comments coming through as well. You can join the conversation. 844-971-1999 is the number. You can text that number as well. You can email us. Feedback at doubletap.online. Doubletap continues next. Double Tap Canada will be back after this. This is Double Tap Canada. Have your say right now. Call, text, or send a WhatsApp to 844-971-1999 or email feedback at doubletap.online. Now back to the show. Double Tap Canada with me, Stephen Scott. I've got Sean Priest and Marco Flala with me this week. We're talking all things Apple. And, of course, the big Apple news of the week was the new Apple Watch, uh, the Series 6, the SE, and, of course, the iPad update and the iPad Air. But I want to talk, guys, about the software because one of the things that has um, grabbed my attention is the family setup feature. Now, I mentioned this in the last segment. And, and the thing that I love about this feature is that it kind of, you know, there's been a lot of talk about kids, and you mentioned this, Mark. You know, your kids, you can get them an Apple Watch, you can set it up for them. They don't need their own phone, which is great. But I think for, for people who are older and for those who are have family members who are blind of any age, I think this is a massive step forward. Because the Apple Watch is so accessible, you could, in theory, buy your mum or your dad or your gran or your granddad or your child an Apple Watch set up for them, and then they are able to make calls. Um, you know, you can get notifications about where they are. You can text. They can respond. And of course, with you know, and some I would in some cases argue that the Apple Watch is more accessible for a blind person to communicate through than, for example, uh, a sighted person because you know trying to text and stuff can be quite difficult on a watch. Whereas you can do it dead easily with a, an Apple Watch if you're using Voiceover. You've got. Uh, you know, dictation, you can send uh, messages with audio as well. Uh, so, you know, great ways to do it. You've got walkie-talkie for communication if you just want to, you know, keep in touch and just have a quick conversation. Do you guys use, do you you use that people. at all? I, I, I don't. I don't. And it's only because it's, it seems to be open all the time, you know. You either have it, it's always on or it's always off. Um, I can't get a happy medium with it. Well, so mine's, no, al- mine's always on, but I never, um, I never, every once in a while I remember that it's there. And I'm like, oh, let me try to talk to somebody for fun. No one's <laughs> well, no, ever, they, ever, ever, ever said they're waiting for it. I used it the first day. Idea. It's Yeah, exactly. I think we all did. It's a great idea. It's very Dick Tracy, right? But um, the whole where it just interrupts no matter what you're doing is slightly scary for people. It's almost like the smart speaker drop-in feature, you know? Everyone's just, I love that. It's slightly unnerving, <laughs> that bit. And plus, I find for the last few um, watch OSs, it's been really buggy. I don't... It, 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 the. I don't know. It just doesn't work very well. I haven't tried it since the latest watch OS 7 update, so I'm hoping it's it's better. Mm-hmm. And there was an issue because uh, in accessibility settings there was a tap to talk feature, which a lot of us thought meant that it was make, make it easier to use, and actually that made it even harder to use with Voiceover. Um, so you have to yes, so if you are if you're wanting to set up yeah if you're wanting to set up walkie-talkie and you find the tap to talk feature and you you think it should be turned on, don't. <laughs> It'll just make yes. life even more difficult. 
Um, I'm sensing a high-speed how-to from you, Sean, on that. I think walkie-talkie is a great one, actually, to, to show people and how it works. Um, good idea. No, I mean, I'm just giving you some work. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, sounds good. Dishing out the work here, why not? Uh, but look, I mean, you know, I think there's there's a lot of, of great things in the software. iOS 14, of course, came out. WatchOS 7 as well. Uh, iPadOS. So, you know, there's lots of software to talk about. I just want to quickly mention uh, about some of the software bugs that exist. There are a few. Um, I've been watching the AppleViz website. AppleViz.com is a great source of information. Lots of users getting in touch, sharing their bugs they found and, and fixes as well. Uh, there are a number. I mean, voiceover lag seems to be coming up quite a lot as one of the big issues. Um, some suggesting that the best thing to do is uh, switch to a different voice or add a second voice to your language rotor so you can at least try out different voices as you go along to see what works because that, that lag can be quite operating. I've not noticed it. In fact, I would say my phone feels a lot faster with iOS 14. I don't know why. Yeah, uh, it just does. Too. It feels much more responsive. Well, so I turn sounds off. I don't have sounds on. I, I can't abide all that clicking and bopping. It just yes. does, drives me insane. <laughs> it just, uh, I can't do it. It's like swipe, 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 beep, beep, bop, bop. I can't do it. And someone was saying today it sounds like Atari Tennis uh, of old. So, you know, I don't quite <laughs> fancy going, uh, going through that. Um, but, yeah, so that's one option uh, to, to solve that problem. Um, I have noticed a lot of issues with certain apps. Um, WhatsApp today, I was trying to send a message uh, to you, Sean, and I couldn't. I just could not get the focus to stay on the send a voice message on button. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, there's, a, there's a few issues around uh, focus as well. Uh, a lot of Braille issues coming up as well. Again, focus is a big one. Uh, voiceover recognition is not working very well for Braille users either. Uh, so there's, you know, there are a few things. So, you know, look, I think the bottom line is download at your peril. Um, <laughs> this is obviously going to get updates as it goes along. There'll probably be a couple of fixes due in the next week or so, maybe even sooner. But, you know, if you haven't downloaded or your phone hasn't prompted you or even just gone ahead and done it, if you've got automatic updates switched on, then um, my recommendation would be to maybe, maybe if you're happy with the phone the way it is and it's all working for you, I'd wait a week. Because the other thing to be aware of is app developers got this news very late in the day that it was all going to, you know, drop. They got it when we got uh, it. And the, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They just get told along with the rest of us. Um, and that meant a lot of apps weren't ready. And that obviously means if there are accessibility issues, which adds that other layer of complication, they're not going to be ready either. So just maybe hold off if hold your off. phone hasn't urged you to do it. Yeah. To be fair, we would say that for any major release anyway, wouldn't we? You know, it's probably best to wait to 14.1, especially if you're a Braille user, because there does always seem to be some sort of issue there. But I, I did get this today, and, um, you know, it, it seems fine to me. I haven't noticed any major issues, but, yeah, it's always best to hold back to the next update. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, look, uh, lots of conversation on email this week about uh, Ira and, of course, the ongoing conversation around Apple Watch and, and the uh, OS 7 beta feature, which meant that we lost use of voiceover for a while. Lots of interesting comments on that. We'll get to those next week because uh, we're running short of time. But I want to quickly go to voicemails because we got a, a message in from Philip. Uh, he has a question for us. Philip. Hello, guys from Double Tap Canada. This is Philip Bouchard <laughs> from Clear, New Brunswick, Canada. A blind musical artist from uh, Clear, New Brunswick, Canada, and uh, and uh, and uh, I just want to say uh, congratulations, guys, for your for your, all your Double Tap shows, including uh, the Double Tap TV <laughs> on uh, AMI. So. Uh, 
that's awesome, you know, to be on AMI Audio and, and AMI TV. Uh, <laughs> I could listen to you all, all day long, guys. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. awesome. And Mark, you're awesome as well, and, and Sean too, and Aww. yeah. <laughs> and Stephen, yeah, you're awesome too, man. Last. Hello, I'm Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to comment, you know, on um, uh, on a topic, and I, I don't know if you can comment on that, but uh, I don't know why uh, Windows 10 bugs. Uh, I mean, Windows 10 is 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 bugging is 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 bugging so many times. I mean, our uh, hard drive is 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 always bugging. You know, you you you. I mean, every day you, you you always have to do your uh, your uh, updating and your uh, you know it's 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 really it's really boring. I mean, if if I compare that to a Windows XP, which we had a lot, many years ago, I mean, Windows XP was a lot better than Windows 10, in my opinion. I don't know what do you think about that, but I want I want to know your I want to know your your opinion. This XP. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Windows XP? Is that the future, is it? Um, what, Windows XP was less buggy than Windows 10? Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, no we love the compliments and everything, but, but it sort of detracted from it when you said XP was less buggy than Windows 10. <laughs> I haven't had a blue screen of death since Windows 10. Um, I think Windows 10 is great. When it comes to um, you know st- stability, going back to seven mm. XP Vista, they were awful. You know, the blue screen of death was a, a thing you saw all the time. Um, Windows Ten, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I think I think you know they've improved so many things. Of course, the accessibility has improved greatly, but the operating system experience is just so much better. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's like anything else. Though, if it's new, it's difficult, it's challenging, it's worrying. Uh, you know, it's unfamiliar. I get all that, and, I, and I, as a screen reader, you know, I totally understand that because. I'm now realizing how quickly things can, when, when something changes on, on the screen, it just throws you completely. But, you know, it's something we just have to live with. The world is not going to wait for us. You know, we've got to, we've got to just get on with it. Um, guys, we're almost out of time. Aww. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> what a way to end. Uh, <laughs> hey, we didn't talk about the death of the lightning port. I wanted to get in, that in as well. I had sad music lined up and everything from Mark, but, uh, oh, we didn't get to it. Maybe next time. Next week. Uh, listen, just a quick, yeah, exactly. Quick programming note for next week, and uh, this is a good one. Uh, George Quarku is going to be joining us on the show next week for our first Ask Double Tap. If you have a question, a tech question, no matter what it is, no matter how um, simple, crazy, mad, sensible, smart, whatever you think it is, get in touch with us because uh, we'd love to hear your questions. You can email them through the week. Feedback at doubletap.online. You can leave a voicemail for us as well on 844-971-1999. George Quark, who is uh, an assistive technology expert here in Canada. We thought we got an expert in, guys. So uh, he's here to answer your questions. 844-971-1999. As I say, call that number. Leave a voicemail. You can text us on that number. Email feedback at doubletap.online. Guys, we'll catch you again next week for another Double Tap Canada. 
Thanks for listening, and keep your feedback coming. Call 1-844-971-1999 and leave us a voicemail. Email feedback at doubletap.online or send us a WhatsApp message to 844-971-1999. We're also on Twitter at DoubleTap Canada and on Facebook. Can't wait till next week? Download the AMI app now and listen to DoubleTap Canada or catch up on episodes of DoubleTap TV. Catch you again next time. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.